Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. We thank you for this time that we come together and just to hear your word and to to listen to what you are doing and what you are saying in our lives. We pray that we we continue to grow and become more like you and become the people that you have designed us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, last week we started our series on, on, on Lord Teach Us to Pray, focusing on the aspect of adoration. Uh, can we just do a quick recap? Kambe, what, what, what is adoration? A quick recap. Some of the things that we, we highlighted last week is that adoration is where prayer begins. It is, it is where prayer begins. We also said um, adoration helps us to understand that God is our Father, that He is not our boss, He is not our supervisor, uh, He is not a person who is spying on us, but He has, he has good intentions for our lives and He is the one who is shaping our destiny as we adore him, as we hallow his name. But also we said, we understand uh, that through adoration, the whole of life is based on knowing that God is our, he- is our heavenly perfect parent, is our perfect father. He is not like our earthly parents sometimes where we feel they are disappointing us, but he is faithful to the end. He is always there to make sure that he smiles at us, but beyond just smiling at us, all our interests are his interests. Amen. But today we just want to look into the second part um, of of, of this series, which is the third verse of what we are focusing on, which is Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13, uh, which is the petition. Can you say petition? So... In, 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 the, in, in the social context or in the political context, when a person says petition, all politicians get worried. <clears throat> all politicians get worried because normally petition is associated with, 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 com- with complaints, with grievances, with dissatisfaction. But we are going to, 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 to see a different view of it. Can we just read Matthew chapter Six, from verse 9 to verse 13. And we are going to read together. Uh, Because uh, everyone I know, everyone who had the privilege of growing up, knows that, uh, I remember when we were young, we were made to recite this thing. For us, it was the beginning of trouble, because every time in school, in the assembly, we'll say, so then we know after that we are going to class and then there will be some beating, there will be some teaching. So, so this has a, a lot of experiences and a lot of feelings for others. But, <laughs> but I want us to, to keep on reminding us the context. Uh, because I think uh, our teachers butchered it. Hey? Uh, they butchered it. Uh, just after you say amen, you say, hey, left, right, go to class. If you, if you are not walking well, they will beat you. Just after you have just said amen. 
So it, it was quite traumatic growing up having to recite this scripture uh, in the context of the Lord's Prayer or the principles of prayer. But I want us today to recite it in our own language, verse by verse. In our own language, in your own, in your own, in your, in your own scripture, in your own version, as we all rise, as we read together. In your own language, in your own version of scripture. And I, I, I really want to, to hear the dynamism of diversity as we recite this powerful, profound scripture. We'll start from the ninth verse. But because Mina, I'm neutral today, I'll recite it in English because I'm neutral. For neutrality purposes, I will recite it in English. I will not recite it in Tsonga, I will recite it in English for neutrality purposes. Uh, I will count to three. Three, two, one. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I did not hear Swati. I did not hear Lebele. Come on. I will be silent. Can we do it for the last time? Your own language. Three, two, go. Amen. We can take our seats. Amen. That was powerful. <laughs> that was powerful. Uh, it was like we were speaking in tongues. Uh, I saw others, they are still struggling because they know that if you recite this, you must close your eyes. So I saw others closing their eyes. <laughs> I saw others doing some signs, so we understand. We understand. It's a chain. But from this scripture, we understand that prayer is a sincere, sensible, affectionate pouring out of our hearts and our soul to God. Through Christ. So, prayer is not just a ritual. It is not something that we do because it's a Christian duty. But it is something that comes from the sincerity of our hearts. It is a sincere communication. It is something that is the only platform and the, and, the, and the strongest platform where we get to pour out our hearts, our, our feelings, our thoughts, uh, our desires, our cries, our excitement to God. But also, as we pray, we pray through Christ. And that's another privilege that we have. We have a blessing and a privilege that as we communicate with God, as we communicate with the Father, we have the mediator. The Bible says there is no other way, there is no other entrance into the presence of God or into the throne of, or, or, or the ability to communicate with God except through Christ. So we have Him, we have Jesus Christ, 
as our bridge, as our process. We don't have to go to Babulanga for our prayers to be heard by God. Thank Jesus. We don't have to go to admire, but we come through Christ to the Father direct. Yesterday I had the privilege of speaking to some leaders and they were asking me uh, about why do I love uh, issues of politics when I am a Christian because uh, Christ never spoke about issues of equality. And I said to them, look, at the, at the center of the birth of Christ, he, he dealt with a political system that was an elite system of religion where other people have no, had no access to God. It was only the priest and the high priest who could go and enter the Holy of Holies. But when Christ died on the cross, he broke the code of elitism. He, he dealt with the elites of the day. He said, from now onwards, everyone has equal access to God. So for me, that was a political achievement. <laughs> that was a revolution, a greatest revolution ever, where we have access to the Father. Where the rich, the poor, everyone. But in the past, it's only those who had means who were able to, to have their prayers listened to because you will have to give the priest the fetching cow or the fetching calf, whatever. You will give the priest uh, the resources. So if you didn't have anything, you will remain with your sins. But we thank God that through Christ, we are able to communicate with the Heavenly Father who hates sin, who is holy. Who is, who, who, is, who is incomparable, who is uniquely original, who is the creator of all things, but we have access to him through Christ. So that, that's a benefit of prayer. But again, we are also privileged that we don't have to go to schools and learn the art or maybe get a, a, a master's and PhD in prayer. But we have the Holy Spirit who is the perfect teacher, who empowers us, who gives us the utterance, as we pray, sometimes we, we, we struggle. We don't know what to say. Sometimes our words, they become senseless. Sometimes when we want to pray, we feel like our words do not make any sense. Sometimes we feel like our words are running dry. But when we pray to the Father, through Christ, inspired by the Holy Spirit, we are able to pray the will of God. We are able to communicate our heart to God in line with His purposes for our lives. And again, as we do that, we, we do it according to the word. <laughs> because we can't pray outside the word. That is why I have also discovered that we have a lot of people who call witchcraft prayer. Like these things like send it back to sender. That's not prayer, that's witchcraft. That's not prayer, that's witchcraft. Back to sender, that's witchcraft. That's not, that's not prayer. It's not, God's will is not about revenging. God's will is about forgiving. God's will is about allowing God to teach us His principles, even in affliction. So there, there are a number of things. But again, what we also understand is that when we pray to the Father, through the Son, inspired by the Holy Spirit, according to his word, it, it builds us as the church. And we know that the church is not the building, the church is not a denomination, but the church, it's the people who are set apart by God. So in other words, I am able to relate with you better. 
I am able to become a better person if I spend my time in allowing God to transform me and to communicate with me through the Son, by the Holy Spirit, in line with His will. Then our relationships become smooth. If I have issues with you, I know that I can go to the Father, not to say, Baba, we are shupalo, but to say, Father, help me to become a blessing and understand where this person comes from. That's, that, that's, that's what prayer shapes us to become. But today we are not there. We are focusing on this scripture. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day. If you have children, I think you are always encountered by this. Where they will ask you for stuff. And, and unfortunately, we always laugh and we always get annoyed by our children because they don't understand the difference between needs and wants. But I have discovered through my life that most of the time when I come to the Father, I come with a list of wants and expect God to respond to them as if they were needs. Because it's our nature that wants excite us. Like, like chocolate. Chocolate is not a need. You can live without chocolate. And you can enjoy life without chocolate. I have seen, I have never seen someone who dies and they put on the, on the tombstone, this one was killed by the absence of chocolate. <laughs> but sometimes the absence of chocolate, Babulanga, hey, might be the meaning of trouble at home, eh? <laughs> So, sometimes we are like that. We come to God with our wants. And when our wants are not met, we get upset. Our mood changes. Like that child who, who wants ice cream in the middle of winter. When they are busy coughing and they want ice cream. And if you say to them, no, it's not good for you. It doesn't make sense to them. How many times have we turned that away from God? Because we feel like what we want so desperately, God is not giving to us without even looking and listening to the intention. I, I got convicted when I discovered how many times do I say no to my children? And how much do I get frustrated when I feel God is saying no? That was the biggest conviction that, wow, how selfish can you be that every time when you ask, you want it to be a yes. But every time when you are asked, you are so bold and so, and so, and, and so confident in saying no. Even the tone changes at times. I said no. Can't you listen and hear properly? Sometimes that's how we are. But when it comes to God, we think God as if he's Santa Claus. Or his father Christmas. If you, if, if you say, I, I, I need earrings, we'll just say, earrings. I need a kite. Kite. So this principle is teaching us that whatever that we ask, whatever that we ask, must be in line with God's will. Luke chapter 11 verse 9. Is one scripture that has frustrated me a lot. And I know there are people who don't like to read the scripture. Because the scripture says, ask, it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. 
Knock and the door will be opened to you. Can I see people who have been frustrated by the scripture? Or am I the only one? When, when you, you then go and say, Father, as your word says, I therefore ask, in the name of Jesus. And then, you wait the next day. Say, but Lord, I ask. You go again, but Lord, I ask. You go again, ah. No, some of these things, they are just there to, to help us, you see. Just to help us. You no longer ask, you are discouraged. And you feel like, no. You become, you become, you become like other people who say, no, it will just come, you see. When, when the time is right, it will just happen. In his will. Like these people who say, no, I will be saved. When the time is right, it will just come. And that's why I always ask, for those people who say it will just come, why don't you just go and cross the railway line? If God wants to spare you, even if the train is coming, it will just come. Why do you have to plan? Why do you have to be careful? Why do you have to be diligent? So this scripture is not about saying that you can just ask. It's not in the ask, it's in the why. If you read the book of James, it puts it very well. Don't worry, it's not up here. This, this guy, James chapter 4, from verse 2 to 3, the problem with your, is not with your asking, is with your motive. It is not that God doesn't want to respond to what you are asking for. But the problem is with the motive, it's the agenda. Why are we asking? What is the purpose of the asking? And what motivates the asking? And are we able, are we, are we even willing to listen to the response or we are in the business of asking and going away? I, I, I normally notice uh, the conversation between my wife and her beloved son. Uh, when her beloved son ask uh, when her beloved son ask uh, he will ask while she is responding he will continue asking the same thing in the middle of the response and then he will go the, 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 by the fourth time I will be laughing because I will know never <laughs> I have heard you listen even while she's saying, Shh, listen, he still wants to, to repeat. Until she really, he, he, she, she, she really feels like, hey, I'm driven mad here. So the issue here is that sometimes that's what we do. We, we think we are coming to the ATM, we are just putting in a password, we get what we want, we go. But God has an intention of communicating with us, of conversing with us of having a discussion with us and of, of, of dealing with the issues that are troubling us so that we are able to understand what God wants to do in our lives. So from this scripture, what we are learning is that a prayer of petition is a prayer that includes personal needs and the needs of others through our lives. 
It's a prayer that includes personal needs. So it's the only time where I can pray looking at me and saying, Lord, in line with your will, this is me. And these are the issues in my life. That's where we can come to God for our natural issues, for our physical needs. We can come to God and talk about our provision. We can come to God and talk about our spiritual standing, where we are at. Lord, I feel dry. I am empty. Fill me up. Eh? I've, I've never heard a person say, Lord, we are very dry. <laughs> eh? Fill them up. No, no, no. We, we come where we... It's a, it's, a, it's a place of reflection where we are looking at where we're at, where we are looking at our needs, we are looking at our issues in line with His ability to provide. We are looking at our, at, at our space, what is happening in our lives in line with His promises and His ability to supply. So we are not just throwing things vaguely, but we are coming with that knowledge. And, 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 and sometimes we struggle with our emotions. And the best place of dealing with your emotional imbalance, with your emotional chaos, and with your emotional trouble, it's when you come before Him and petition Him in that area. I have, I have seen God dealing with moods in my life. I have seen God dealing with a bad attitude in my life. I have seen God dealing with my stereotype mentality. I have seen God dealing with my prejudice in prayer. Because as I come to God and present my life, it's a, it's a moment where I am honest. It's a moment where I remove the mask and the camouflage. It's the moment where I will tell God, God, I am struggling with hatred. Do you know that in life as human beings, it's in our nature sometimes to bluff. We love bluffing. Even if a person is annoying you because you want to be decent, you don't tell them, hey, you are so annoying. <laughs> but when we come to God, that's where you come to God and say, God, please grant me patience. Every time I meet this person, I feel so annoyed. I feel so irritated. And that's where God deals with us. So when we come to God presenting our lives, it is not just for our benefit but it's for the benefit of others. Because if God is responding to my prayer and my life is changing, those around me benefit. So it is important that we are able, because for, for some of us, it's very easy to pray for other people, but it's very hard to pray for yourself. It, it's easy to pray for a person who is sick. It's easy to pray for a person who is going through stuff. But the minute you start praying for yourself, you are putting the mirror towards you. <laughs> you are putting... That you are putting yourself on the examination spot. You are examining yourself. You are looking into your life, into your issues, into the center of your, your life. What matters in my heart? Where am I? And what is it that God wants to do in my life? That's what it does. But again, if you look at the, the, the definition of petition from the worldly perspective or from the secular perspective to the biblical perspective, it is not the same. According to the secular perspective, it says petition is a formal written request, typically one signed by many people appealing to authority in respect of a particular cause. So it's, mean, it's more like how, how much number of people are, are there. It's more about numbers. 
It's about how many people are signing in. You will hear people say, we have, we have, we have, we have, we have received more than 500,000 signatories on this petition. But if you come into the kingdom perspective, it, it is making a request to God, asking Him to do something, but also it is where you, you culminate or, 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 you, or you maximize and, and you increase, you intensify the asking. It is not saying the repetition, but it's where you are diligent and you are focusing to make sure that there is no anxiety in your life, but all your issues and your desires are known by the Father. That is what we learn from Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, that do not be anxious about anything, but in thanksgiving, in prayer, in petition, let all... Can you, can you all say, let all? let all? So, let all your needs, let all your desires, let all your concerns be made known. My question is, do, do we let God know all our concerns? Or we go complaining and grumbling because we feel like our concerns are not met, but we have not made them all presented before Him. So, it is presenting what matters in our hearts. And the first example that I want to throw is an example of the Apostle Paul in, in the book of Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 10. And, and this guy is, 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 is showing us an example of a, of a personal prayer. This was not a, a prayer about the church. It was not a prayer about the crusade. It was not a prayer about a mission. It was not a prayer about the nation but it was a prayer about the issues in his personal life. Uti, unless I should be exalted above the measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. So he acknowledged, he acknowledges that there is something that is happening in his life, and what is happening in his life is not something pleasant. And he's also acknowledging that this doesn't sound godly. It is something that is, is an, attack, an attack on my life. It is something that is sent by the agent of Satan in my life. It's something that is, is, is tormenting me. It's a situation that makes my life not to be flourishing completely. Yes, I have the revelation. Yes, I praise God. Yes, I, I, I'm living a pure life. I'm living a clean life. But there is this condition in my life. And then he says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with God. I pleaded with the Lord three times. So we also see here, he's not saying, I pleaded with the Lord uh, when I had time. You see consistency. He went for the first time. He did not hear anything. He went for the second time. Nothing happened. He went for the third time. When he, got, when he went for the third time, we hear now that, that is the, the, the Lord said to him. So the, he only got the response when he went the third time. Because he, he, was, he was proving that I am consistent. He was proving that, look, I am not just coming to a magician. I am not just coming into an instant coffee machine. I am here for the real thing. I don't care how long it takes for me to deal with this issue, but I will be patient. I will give time. I will, I will be resilient. I will not just quit. I will not just throw doubtingly, but I am coming full of faith, knowing that you are able to hear, you are able to resolve my issues. 
and I trust your judgment. That's another part. I trust your judgment. Let's see how we trust God's judgment. And then we see the response. He said, and the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Can I ask a question? Did God answer his prayer? But did he give him what he wanted? But he gave him what was best. For him, he wanted the pain to go away. But God said, look, I understand that you are being afflicted. And I'm responding to your cry, but I am not going to give you an easy way this time around. Even though what you requested was an easy way, but because I want you to be a solid man, to be a strong person, to understand my relationship deeper, to understand my purposes and my plan deeper, my response to you will be the best for this situation. Sometimes we get upset because we feel the answer is not what we want. And we don't understand the motive for the answer we receive. When we pray, our motive for prayer is important. But also, our ability to hear the motive of God is equally important. What is God saying in relation to what we have asked? There are times where you will pray for healing over someone. And the physical healing will not come. And you must be able to listen to what God is doing. Because there are some people who may be sick in the body, but God is looking at them and saying, look, what you see in the body is nothing compared to the damage in the soul. As you are praying for healing, I will, I will expedite the healing to the place which needs healing the most. And if we don't understand the will of God, and we, if we don't seek the will of God, we'll go away and say people are not healed. Whereas people have been healed, we need to check what is it that God has done. There are times where you'll pray for a person who is sick with the hope that they will rise from the sick bed. And the next day you visit them, they say, look, I'm at peace, I'm ready to go. What happened? Even though there was sickness in the body, but the biggest one was the mess in their soul, in their heart. They were not sure what is happening with their, with their destiny, with their eternity. And when you were praying for them, they encountered Christ, they encountered peace, and they were made to be in peace with God. They are comfortable with whatever God is doing. And when they respond to you and say, no, I am ready to go, you feel like God has failed me because I prayed for healing, but what I'm seeing is a person dying. We must be willing to hear what God is saying. Is the answer, yes, physical healing, or is the answer, yes, I will heal where the problem is? Uh, I had a privilege at some point uh, to be given these, what, Chinese teas, these green teas. I don't drink tea, but it was made cold and stuff like that because they say it, it helps a lot, it refreshes the body and stuff like that. I drank it. I didn't have a sleep before I drank it and I wanted to be fresh because I was trying it. Uh, it says it boosts energy. Let me tell you, I slept flat. And I went to complain to this guy. This thing doesn't work. I was tired. I drank it. I just went flat. I said, Ish, I forgot to tell you one thing. It detects what your body needs and it gives the best for the body. I was ready to throw it away. 
I was ready to reject it, but, but, and, and he made me read at the back of the box. And really, it, it says that it gives, it produces the energy that is needed by the body at that time. So at that time, my body needed rest energy. <laughs> it wanted to soothe me. It wanted to, to relax me. Because that was the need in my body. Sometimes we come to God rushing, wanting, wanting God to open a, a door for us to go to Australia. And, and God says, not yet. I'm opening a door to go to Nongoma. There's nothing wrong with Nongoma. But, and, 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 and it's, it's, it's from there where you get to understand why have I asked for a door to go to Australia and God is saying, I don't have a problem with you going to Australia, but before Australia, I'm taking you to Nongoma. I want you to learn humility. I want you to learn to be simple. I want you to learn to live with people that you do not understand. So that when you go to a foreign land already, you are, you, are, you are fully matured and you are fully equipped for the environment. There are some blessings that God wants to give us that belongs to us. But God will just give us small steps to say, are you, I want you to, to gradually, to organically grow to the level where when I give you the heavy thing, you are able to carry it. Because sometimes, if, if God can grant us all our prayers, let me tell you, this room will be empty. Because some of the prayers that God can answer will destroy us. Some of the prayers that we ask God for, they can destroy us. So it's important to be able to, to, to hear what God is saying. The secret in Paul's life here was his ability to hear what God was saying. Not to assume what God was saying. To hear. And then he says after that, after hearing this, that his strength, his grace is sufficient and his strength is made perfect in, in, in his weakness. He says, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may, may rest upon me. So now we see a change of mind. From a petition, so in other words, when we petition God, we get to understand his will and it changes our minds. We see Paul walking as a different man. He's saying, look, as much as this thing is painful, but i rather stay with this pain so that I may enjoy and boast in it so that the power of Christ may continue to work in me. i I rather have Christ working in me and dealing with my attitude, with my, with my mindset, with my approach. What kills us in prayer is that we are driven by the escape mentality, escapism. Every time there is trouble, we want to run away. We, we pray out of, out, of, out of escape mentality. Why me? Those kind of prayers. No, no, no. This one, it's, it's good for... Well, this one is fine for Abou Eloise. Abou, Abou Eloise, they can survive on this one. But we're not telling God that. We're saying, Lord, please, please, God. Please. But in our minds, we know that, no, no, no. Look, I'm not like Eloise. Eloise can, can deal with this. She's used to it. So that, those are some of the things. So, and then he continues to say, in, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distress, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. 
Because when I'm weak in this context, he comes and he fulfills me. So he's not just saying the scripture out of anything. He's saying it out of a response. God is saying, in this season, my answer for you is that I will be there to strengthen you. I am teaching you endurance. I will be there to strengthen you. So that's, that's the first example. So sometimes we get frustrated by such answers into prayer. But also, what we see from Paul is that he was very intentional. In our, in our petition to God, we must be intentional. When you are intentional about something, you, you, you are not going away. You want to sit there until there is a response. You remember the story of Anna. Anna was intentional. She would go to the temple. She didn't mind what people would say and how the reflection on her name would be. But she was intentional to get the attention. She was intentional to get the right answers. She was intentional even on her promise that she made. And then again, we see that Paul, what Paul is teaching us here is that we must be intentional to appropriate God's gifts and resources in order to fulfill his purposes by working in us and through us. He appropriated God's gifts and resources. He did not undermine what God was giving because he wanted something better. He, he, he was able to channel the product of his prayer, <laughs> even though it was not the best answer he would want to hear. But he was able to channel it and make it work and culminate growth and increase in his life. I'm not sure if there are many other people who are struggling, who have been struggling like me. When I feel like the answer was not the one that I want, it's, it's, it's a strain to go back and ask again. <laughs> it's, like, it's like this question where you say, uh, are, we, are we okay? Uh, normally it happens to married people. Are, are we good? Uh, not really. <laughs> uh, married couples, have you heard that one? Are we fine? Um, Angus? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so, what we hear is that he, the openness that he had was that I am willing to hear the feedback from God. I am willing to hear what he has to say even if it doesn't excite me. But again, pleading with God intensified the relationship between him and God. He understood that it's not everything that will come the way I want. But he is a reliable God. He knows best. But also it exposed his dependence on God. That is not depending on what he knows. He's saying, I am, I am a harp of revelation. <laughs> huh? I flow with revelation. I know a lot, but I still depend on God. I know by his stripes I am healed, but I still depend on him. I know he owns a thousand cattle, uh, he owns cattle in a thousand hills, but I still trust him. I know silver and gold is his, but I still trust him. I know he has put me to be the head, not the tail, but I still trust him. I know that Abraham's blessings are mine, but I still trust him. I know that I'm blessed going in and going out, but I still trust him. 
I know that he has great plans for me, plans not to harm me, but to prosper me and give me a future and a hope. I still trust him. So what he knows did not stop him from trusting God. It did not stop him from seeking God. It did not stop him from praying and asking for God to come through in his life. What is it that you know? What impact does it have in your relationship with God? What is it that I know that hinders me to trust God and to allow God to continue being my father? Am I not in a space where I want to be independent from God? Am I not in a space where I feel I can now do it without God because I have experience? This is always a, a biggest challenge with preachers. Because with preaching, as you, as you continue preaching, there is a temptation of thinking that I've got it all together. There is an experience. You know how to put up a sermon. You know there must be an introduction. There must be uh, uh, homiletics and humanetics. Uh, how, how you close your sermon. How you do it. Huh? But if there is no God, it will be a good uh, uh, presentation. You will present good words, but there will be no impact. There will be no fruit because God is not there. It's just your mental wisdom. It's a good lecture. People will come out feeling very good. Wow, that was a good presentation. That was a good one. That's not what we are going for. What we are going for, we are going for a place where God can present his truth through our lives. Even though it's a subject that we have dealt with in the past, that maybe we have mastered in some areas, we will still go and seek God's will. What do you want to say? Because we are depending on Him. It is His church, it is His people, it is His plan for our lives. Huh? In, in your workplace, in your career, do you, you remember, you know that you, you still go and refer to the manual, to the policy, to the framework. Even though you are a specialist, I remember while I was still a unionist, we used to win a lot of cases because of HR people who don't read policies. They will come into a hearing because I am, I am a senior HR, HR practitioner, and then they will come and deal with this young unionist guy uh, who will be engaging, and then we will sit across there. We will quote a clause that is not there. <laughs> we will look in the face and then will be very firm and quote a clause that, is, that does not exist. Huh? We are pertaining here. So, bah! And then you'll see an old person taking out their handkerchief. And I can... Uh, how did we omit that one? Uh, no, we, 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 we hear you. So I think... Uh, let, 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 let's, let's find a middle, a, a middle place. And then at that time, the person is guilty. I said, no. We, before we talk about whether he's guilty or not, you violated uh, clause 16... Point five, which says before you charge a person, pastor, and then because he's not acquainted with, like, mm. I remember there were about four guys who were guilty, but we never get to the issue. They were dismissed. The case was dismissed based on the lack of understanding from the side of the employer, and they were set free. So it's important that we don't use experience without dependence on the guide, and our manual is the way. And the presence of God. We, we don't go. Hey, because f- four years back, I prayed for a person who was in this condition and they were healed. You're going again. You will be, hey, you will be embarrassed by the demons. <laughs> they will murder you. <laughs> they will murder you. So it's important. Let's keep on depending. Amen. When we petition God, we accumulate prayer, 
we deepen our communication, we cultivate our spirit and souls towards his purpose. If, if we forget anything today, let's just keep those three. We accumulate prayer, we accumulate prayer, we deepen our communication with God, we cultivate our spirit and our soul for, towards his purpose, because he has a purpose for our lives. And it manifests as we do it. Uti, uh, whether we like it or not, asking is the rule of the kingdom. So if we are the children of the Most High, if we are the people of the kingdom of God, we must not be scared of asking. We must not be scared of coming to God and asking. When he says in Luke 11, ask, it shall be given. Let's, let's ask. But now the difference that we ask with knowledge, with dependence on him, and with, with, with humility, being willing to hear what he has to say as a response. And, and I want us to look into Jabez. Uh, I know in English we call him Jabez. Jabez, but Tinaga we call him Jabez. So if you look into First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, this is the guy who is more like some of us as, as believers. Let's read. It says, now Jabez was, was more honorable than his brothers. Can we say more honorable? Can you turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are more honorable. So this guy, he was more honorable than his brothers. Show. He was more honorable than his brothers. So this guy, he had all things together then. If he can evaluate himself compared to his brothers, he was more honorable than his brothers. But let's hear what this guy has to do. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called to God, uh, to the God of Israel, and saying, Oh, that you, may, that you would bless me indeed. And enlarge my territory. That your hand will be with me. And that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. He was more honorable than his brothers, but he had a history. He had history. He was born in pain. He was a product of pain. There was, there was, there was, there was an unhonorable history about his life. But even though he had done well compared to his brothers, even though his life was much better than his brothers, even though in society people respected him. But he came to God and said, look, it's not about what I have and what I am. It's about what you can do through my life. And here, when he was crying to God, he's saying, may you bless me. And may you enlarge my influence, which is the territory. And then says, may your hand be with me. That you may keep me from evil. So in other words, that I may not be an instrument of evil. That I may not cause pain. So this guy is saying, it is possible that I may be honorable. It is possible that I may have everything in place, but end up being a stumbling block to other people. It is possible that I may prosper. It is possible that I may pray and have all my prayers answered only to find that I am an obstacle to other people to encounter God. Maybe I don't treat people well. 
It, it, it is possible to be a believer, tongue-talking, spirit-filled, devil-kicking, but, but undermining people, but being arrogant, being prideful. It is possible to be a Christian who comes to church, who worships, who lifts their hand, but at, work, at, 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 at your workplace, people do not even know that you are a Christian. The only thing they see even when they talk about you, they say, Namu Satan, here comes Satan. It is possible. It is possible that in your family, when, when, when people say you are a Christian, they say, even this one, a Christian. Because being honorable compared to other people may not be the standard of God. So Jabez said, look, I will not be excited by the fact that I am more honorable than my brothers. I will not be excited by the fact that I do things that are good than other people. But what I want to see, I want to see God's influence in my life expanding. I want God's influence in my life to be in a, in a stage where I do not cause pain. In a stage where I do not do what is evil. In a stage where people will know that when they come to me, it will be a place of healing. It will be a place of restoration. It will be a place of assurance. This is what this guy prayed. So, when we petition God, it changes the course of our life. It, 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 so, Proverbs 16, verse 3, when we commit our works to God, He causes our thoughts to be established. So, when we, when we do whatever towards His glory, our thoughts, our desires, they become established. Our vision prospers. Our goals come to pass. Because we have, assigned, we have assigned our doings to his plan. We have petitioned him to walk in us and to deal with us. Amen. So being honorable was not enough for this young man. He wanted to do something better. I want to close with Solomon. If you look at King Solomon, this guy now was petitioning God in a different layer. So if you look into Paul, Paul, it was a physical affliction. With Uchabez, it was, it, it was, it was how he relate with society. He wanted, he wanted something that will, will make him significant beyond just his history. He didn't want people to say, you are more honorable, but he wanted God's hand to be upon his life. But when we look at Solomon, he, 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 he prays a prayer that changes the course of history. He's saying this is not just about me. It's not just about my reputation, but the prayer that I'm going to make, it's about the influence to the ends of the world. It's about the influence to the entire nation. It's about the influence that I would like to see you, God, doing through my life and in my life. And then this is what he prays. He's saying in, 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 in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 6, onward, say, uh, says, You have shown great mercy to your servant, David, my father, because he walked with, before you in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of the heart with you. We have continued this great kindness for him. We have given him a son to sit on his throne. So this, this guy is adoring God. He's giving praise. He's thanking God for what God has done. And then he continues to say, you have, you have continued, oh, and, and, as, and, 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 as, and it is this day, now, O oh Lord, my God, you have made your servant king, Instead of my father David. But I am a little child. So this guy, even though he is the king, but he understands what his influence may be 
strong in his life, but the responsibility that he has, he understands what he, it affects beyond himself, beyond his family, beyond his neighborhood. And then he starts praying. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give me, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may descend between good and evil. For who is able to, to judge this great people of yours? So what this guy is saying, is saying, I, I, I have seen your hand upon my life. I have seen you increasing me. I have seen you providing for my needs. But what I pray for now is my ability to be the resource to the nation. I pray that you cause me to be the resource to many people. We are in different levels as believers. Some of us are in a space where we still have our individual, our basic needs. Others are in a stage and in a space where we, we, we need God to come through and change the course of our history. But for some of us, we are in a space where already God wants to, to speak to people, God wants to transform lives, and God wants to change history and the nation through our lives. So how do we do this? We do it praying in Jesus' name. John 14, verse 12 to 14, but verse 14 says, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. This is what we see here as we, as we, as we close. <laughs> as we close. Amen. When that era happens, we must know it's time to close. <laughs> and whatever you ask in my name, can we all say, in my name. So this is Jesus saying, whatever you ask in my name, that, and that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. But before the scripture, what we discover is that Jesus is talking about us understanding the will of the Father and praying through the will of the Father. So we're praying in his character, we're praying in his name, because he is the one who helps us. So our password to petition is faith. Our password... To, to our prayers that we present before God is faith in the name of Jesus. When we pray in his name, we are saying everything that is established, everything that you have endorsed, we pray in the name that has already been lifted above all situations, in the name that is already endorsed to provide for what we, we, we need and cry for. And the Bible says Elijah was just a human like all of us. But he prayed earnestly. That is faith. That it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, as we rise up in prayer, as we rise, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because for whoever comes to God must believe that He is, and He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So this morning, as we close, I want us to, to take time. And, and, and come to God and present our case. I am not sure where you are at. Maybe you are in a Paul stage 
where there is, some, there is an affliction, you have physical needs. Or maybe you, you, you are in a Chabez stage where he was dealing with social needs, societal needs, influential needs. Or maybe you are in a stage of Solomon where he was talking about the, the, the vision for, for the future, stewarding the responsibilities upon him. I don't know what area of your life you need to petition God on. But I want us to take at least five minutes just to, to, to in, in line with God's word and just petition God in whatever category, be it psychological, be it physical, be it social, be it spiritual, and just ask and, and, and practically ask it in his name and believe that he hears you and believe that he will respond to you. And I would, I would also challenge you to even put timelines to say, Lord, I would like to know your feedback on this one. And, and tell him, Lord, we will meet again tomorrow morning. And make an appointment with him and say, Lord, we will meet again. And when you come, before you do other things, before you start other new prayers, you constantly come back. Like Paul did three times to petition, to ask, to seek his will. And to come before him with an open heart, with a committed heart, to say, I trust your judgment. I trust what we'll do. Shall we all thank God and then after that, I want us to petition him. Petition him for your family, for your life, for your needs. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that you have spoken to us right now. We just want to give you praise. Just want to give you glory, Lord. Just want to honor you. As we prepare our hearts... Father, to come and bring our, 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 our desires and our concerns before you, Lord. We just want to thank you that you are a faithful God. We just want to thank you that you are a faithful Father. Your word says we must seek and, Father, we shall find. We must ask and it shall be given. Right now, Lord, we take that word with humility, Lord God. We stand knowing that you are a faithful Father. You stick to your word. And right now, Lord God, we thank you that we have, we have heard and we have read about how many people we have responded to. We have seen you in our lives responding to our needs. We thank you for every answered prayer in our lives. We thank you, Father God, even for prayers where you said not yet. We thank you even for the prayers where you said no. Because you are a living God. You are the one who understands and hears us, Lord. Even at this time, Lord, we pray that you prepare our minds and our hearts. So that, Father, as we, as we come back to you, Lord God, as we present our concern to you, Lord God, right now, as we present our desires and our needs and our cries before you, that, Father, we will come knowing that you are the one who rewards those who seek you in faith and who believe. In Jesus' name we